What's up, Debbie World? This is Adam Lewis, and I am here on the Canvas Visit Pod. Unfortunately, this week I couldn't make it with uh, my co-host Debbie Matt. Uh, he had some other uh, obligations, family time during holiday season. But we wanted to get out a pod for you guys because last year or last week it was our first in a while, so I wanted to keep it going. Uh, I'm just going to do this one solo for a little bit. Won't be as long as normal uh, without Matt here. And uh, missing him, but want to get this going and, and uh, get this out for you. We're going to talk. We'll talk a little bit about a couple things going on and uh, hit up on three players um, that are outside the top 100, as we always focus on on this podcast. Uh, guys that nobody else is talking about, um, and or may have talked about and forgot in case in in the case of at least one of these guys that I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, so kick me kick us off. Um, obviously today, uh, Houston. And Auburn had a good bowl game. Uh, I was watching on the timeline, everybody blowing up on the SEC about losing all these bowl games. And had a good good debate uh, with, with a couple people about it. You know, for me, uh, when you're looking at these bowl games and everybody harping on who's winning and who's losing as far as the conferences, you know, as a guy who roots for an SEC school, you know, candidly, I hope most of them lose, uh, almost all of them other than my team. Uh, who happened to lose and have a crushing defeat against US, UCF, which wasn't uh, overly surprising to me based on what I had heard and uh, just in general about the team going on right now. But, you know, f- from a from a Florida perspective, from these other guys losing, and all it does is help in, in recruiting. And, and I imagine the, the, uh, the teams feel the same way, including Georgia and Alabama, who are in the championship. Get to talk about that. Because uh, those are the games that truly matter. But, you know, today Houston played Auburn. And I'm not surprised by the result because I think Houston was the, the better team overall uh, through the year. Uh, you know, Auburn was not at, at that great, um, it, it, as people believed, even without Bo Nix playing, thank goodness, uh, who I, I don't like very much. But T.J. Finley is, is a downgrade from even him. I'm surprised that we didn't get to see Dominic Davis as much. Uh, did like to see Malcolm Johnson finally get some run. He got some run out of the backfield. Uh, wish he could, could have got some more balls. Hoping he uh, steps up next next year with uh, Davis at quarterback. Uh, but you know, really the star of the show when you're looking at Houston, obviously, is uh, that we and, and we talked about him in, in the first week of this podcast. That's Alt McCaskill, guy who I had coming in running back six, who has jumped up my my board even more. Uh, I felt like I, I I was low on him now. Um, and uh, and I thought that I was high on him coming in based on, on, on where everybody else was. But at the end of the day, Alton McCaskill has shown through the years, uh, through this year, I should say, uh, that he is he is a top back in his class. I expect him to be at least day two uh, and cre- possibly creep up there into day one, um, depending on, on how things roll. And uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see for me if he stays at, at, uh, at Houston. You know, I am very interested to see, and and, uh, and this will kind of transition into the, port, the portal as to whether or not he stays at Houston. You know, you have the, this portal now where kids can come and go as they please, uh, which I'm fine with because, you know, coaches can come and go as they please. So I don't have as big of an issue as, as you know, some of other people I've, I've heard and, and, and seen with this, uh, with the portal and being able to come and go. Um, I, I think that there should be some little bit of regulation, uh, maybe not just any time you want to leave, although I think any time you want to leave and you're 
you're using it more than once, you're probably hurting yourself, especially in the NFL circles. Uh, but, you know, back, you know, Couple, you know, years ago, it was that I came in and I went somewhere. I was out of there for four years, or I had a a year of transfer penalty, and um, and that that became a big thing. So if, if a coach wanted me to do something else, or I wanted to just got switch positions, I didn't want to go there. It was uh, you know either play that or, or pack your bags and get out of there. So you know the portal is I think is good for kids, um, but also bad for kids because I think some kids come in and and, and maybe are over thought in their own mind or even overthought in our, in, in, in our minds that watch them and they come in and they're not played right away. So they immediately want to bolt when really they should sit there and, and get some experience under somebody else, learn the system and truly progress because maybe they were a really good athlete while they were in, in high school, but that just doesn't lend itself to being awesome in college and, and then on to the next level. So I think you have some of those those issues, but you also get guys who get stuck behind somebody else. We talked last week about Jamison Williams, who was just on a great team with a lot of wide receivers, goes to Alabama, and now was going to be a you know, first-round pick most likely, and that, that was a great thing for him. So glad the portal was there for him. So I'm interested to see if Alton McCaskill does stay at Houston or if he goes on and, and – and, finds a power five school that's looking uh, to, for a really good back. Obviously he hasn't put his name in the portal, not looking this year, but maybe have another really good year next year and pull a Jamar Gibbs uh, and finish off one more year somewhere else, boost his stock enough to get jump into that first round. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, and then on to that portal, you know, I talked a little bit last week while, while Matt and I were talking about, uh, you know, the portal in, in, in Alabama having that conversation and Nick Saban's telling everybody, hey, it's good and bad for football and just wait. It's essentially becoming a free agency. And um, and he he thought felt it was bad for football, for college football, but felt it was good for Alabama. And, and I, don't, I don't dispute that. I think it's good for good teams. Um, I think it's bad for some of the, the smaller schools. Uh, but for some of these kids, I think it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like I, like I said before. I think some people really need to understand their value and stop uh, listening to outsiders and, and other people who have their interest, not in the be- you know, maybe, maybe not their best interest in, in, from up front. Uh, but I also think that you can get blocked by other play- people or coaching staffs. Um, you know, there's several coaching staffs out there that prefer to have the senior more leadership out there. And sometimes that's not, that doesn't mean it's always the best player. And if you're, if you are the better player and you should be getting playing time, then, and you have an opportunity to go somewhere else and shine, then, then go to it. And I also think maybe this is good for some smaller schools where you get a guy who goes to a bigger school, gets knocked down behind somebody else, maybe feeling like he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he jumps to a smaller school so he can really, you know, shine. Um, and some of these smaller schools get a guy or two here and there. So, you know, I think you could take the good with the bad with the portal. I'm fine with it. Uh, but, you know, I know that that's been a topic. Bowl games uh, being canceled left and right with COVID. Uh, this is coming into play with fantasy, both when you get into uh, NFL, which we don't talk about much at all on this, other than looking at Debbie-wise. Um, but also, you know, college leagues, obviously, that are all over now. But COVID causing a problem with these bowl games getting canceled. As far as the bowl games being canceled overall, you know, I, I, I've always been a believer that we have way too many bowl games. Um, and most of these kids at the end of the day, unless they're in the, the you know, the championship bowl games, they want to play. They want to do well. 
because that's what they're, they're they're out there to do. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of glorified scrimmages, and, and, and many of them are not uh, worthy of, of even watching half the time. Uh, a lot of guys aren't there. People are opting out nowadays, and, and I completely understand that because if I'm going to get drafted the first or second round or think I can, why am I going to go out there and, and risk being injured um, and, and cost myself? Uh, when it's just you know one more game at the end, and I, and I know a lot of people say, well, hey, you know, you played with your brothers for a couple of years, um, and you should jump in and go ahead and and finish off that game. But at the end of the day, these kids have uh, they're like gladiators back in the Roman Colosseum. They fight, they give theirself their all, um, they've sacrificed a lot, and at the end of the day, if their dream is to get in the NFL and they have a shot, then then. They, they, they should be allowed to opt out and people need to allow them their space. Um, and, and like I said, you know, most of these bowl games are fun to watch for us as, as fans. And I think that's where people get upset about that a game gets canceled. But at the end of the day, um, you know, this was a treat for those kids. Hopefully, uh, you, you know, the rest of the kids aren't feeling terrible, but if half your team's missing or an entire defensive line, or you really playing a good game that you really want to play in, so it sucks, uh, you know, from from this standpoint that they're getting canceled, uh, you know, especially to do something like COVID again. Uh, but, you know, for some of these kids, it may not be the worst thing. At least they got to get there, you know, go out and have the, have the good time and uh, show up. Some, but I do I, I, I do feel for some of the kids who you know, this is their last game ever to put on pads and it got taken away from them and taken away from from for something that they had no control over. Um, and that we just need to be, I think, need to be better about, and uh, and they need to be better about with uh, uh, with, with with college and, and the NFL and, and and how they're handling it. But uh, hopefully, we don't get any more canceled and, and these things go. And hopefully, I mean, let's put it out there that, that none of these championship games are affected uh, by COVID enough where you're missing key players. I mean, what if you know you lose you, you you lose a guy, you know, like Zamir White on, on Georgia. Um, or, you know, God forbid, Al- Al- Alabama uh, loses, loses any one of their guys, you know, and, uh, and, and, and can't get going. Um, that would be terrible and, and, and not something that we want to see and, and really wouldn't end up with the best team at the end of the day being crowned the champion um, in college football, which I think we, we believe, you know, at least I do, is going to be Alabama and Georgia, um, another slugfest, another good game. Um, I, I don't think that Cincinnati stands a chance against Alabama uh, and that that offense and then that defense. It's just improved over the course of the year. Um, I think Georgia does end up winning out um, over Michigan, although I think it's going to be a kind of a similarly matched team. But uh, Alabama's defense, I think, is just going to shut them down because Michigan doesn't have the playmakers. So we're going to be looking at Alabama and Georgia again, uh, which I think will be closer than it was the last time. Uh, but I just I just don't see Georgia being able to beat Alabama, and Alabama will end up with another title in my mind. Um, absent, like I said, something you know drastic happening, and uh, and, and Alabama or, or Georgia or anybody else losing a player that uh, really could could make a, a difference in the game. So hopefully we don't have that. Uh, but let's move on to to what we're really here to talk about. That is these guys in, in a Debbie world and, and C2C world that you're looking at that are outside the top 100, that are outside guys people aren't talking about um, because it's kind of boring to talk about the same five guys or top 10 guys over and over again. And that's why uh, Matt and I started this and have been working on it is to get to those guys. 
It's the first guy I'm going to talk about tonight, and I apologize, guys, but two out of three guys we'll talk about uh, tonight are Gators. One, though, uh, Demarcus Bowman, who I will talk about second, was asked uh, by a fan, good old Sal, uh, for me to talk about, so I will, I will talk about him. But uh, I want to start it off with Marcus Burke, uh, who's a wide receiver out of Jacksonville, uh, who is a freshman this year on the Gators roster, got a couple of games under his belt, didn't have to sacrifice his red shirt, but uh, did get out there and play. Marcus is 6'3", uh, checked in at 180 before he came to Florida, but I've heard he has gained on some pounds. Um, hoping he gains on a little bit more. I'd like to see him be a little bit over 200 um, at that size and, and keep the speed, which I think he can. Uh, no verified times with Marcus, but when you watch his tape, this kid just flies. Every piece of tape you put on, he is just phenomenal, fast, uh, flies ac across the tape, and just a guy that you just see blow off the tape. Long guy, uh, natural strider, um, and he's a guy that that takes the top off the defense, period. Um, and a guy that that you can use in, in, in to stretch the field, make sure you need what, what you got. His one area that, that I would t say that he really needs to improve um, is intermediate routes. Uh, been, I have been seeing some – things that he has been working on that and uh, expect that to improve. But he, I think that's the area he definitely needs to improve is those intermediate routes. I think he out-athleted a lot of guys uh, while he was in high school because he is so fast, he is so long, um, and he just would beat people, period, with athleticism. Um, but like I said, he you know, beats people off the line. He Marcus just beats the DB off the line, and when he does that, it's over because you're not catching Marcus. Um, his deep routes, you don't stand a chance against him if he gets you off the line, um, and he just runs past guys. He has great first move, um, and sometimes even if you miss the first move, he can beat you on the second. He gets off press coverage really well, um, and he's just a guy who can get out there, get deep, and and make a good target for his, for his quarterback. Um, he has excellent ball skills, and, and some of the best ball skills, I think, in this class overall. Um, which is a which I I think this is a pretty good wide receiver class that's coming in. Um, I have a lot of guys uh, pretty high up there that, that that are very good. I think that you're, that guys are going to be really happy to see um, if you're looking for a wide receiver that this will be a that that, that his class um, was a good class to look at, um, but it had some excellent ball skills. Like I said, top of the class, great hands, um, and he uses uh, his length his advantage while he's out there. And, excuse me, um, catching the ball and, and when the ball is out there. He tracks the ball well, extremely well in the air, and, high, and also high points the ball, the ball very well. Uh, like we talked about, uh, or like I talked about earlier, the only downside I see is, is intermediate route. Um, he, does, he works well laterally, works well deep pass, um, can get overthrown passes, um, and just great burst, great speed, um, and just overall, just great wide receiver, good, you know, good deep threat, great deep threat, um, and a guy that I think will take the top off defenses for several for for a lot of teams. And I expect next year to be uh, right up there. I know Justin Shorter is coming back to UF. That was just named this year. They had or this week, 
Xavier Henderson still there, who I'm very high on. Trent Whittemore is a great wide receiver who can play all aspects. But Marcus has a skill set that, that none of them else do, and that is what we talk, what I talked about, the ability to just fly and take the, the, the top off the defense. Um, he has the speed that nobody else does on that team currently. Um, we, we'll see if they, they get somebody in the portal, but he is the guy right now that absolutely blows the top off for them. Um, and I expect next year with Anthony Richardson and his arm to be able to get him the ball. And I think you'll see Marcus put up some good numbers. Um, I've always said, I think Justin should play more of like a, a Kyle Pitts role and, and be more in line um, and, and run those and, and, and really use his size as a mismatch because he isn't as fast as Xavier or Marcus um, and let him, him work his thing, especially over the middle does a really good job over the middle where Marcus and Xavier, that's not their skill set. Uh, Trent Whittemore, another guy who does work very well over the middle, uh, gets the ball off, former, uh, you know, just straight athlete out of Gainesville, um, guy who can can do a lot. So I expect those four guys, but I think Marcus is going to be a guy you see get some, a lot, make a lot of really good catches. If you watch the South Carolina game, he put up some really good numbers um, and was open uh, even, even when they missed him. Uh, but played some really good ball. So Marcus Burke, a uh, guy you really need to look at and uh, own. And I think uh, next year you're really going to see a progression from that that first year where he only got a couple games in uh, and, and held back. And, and, we're, and the same thing will be with DeMarcus when I talk about him right next, by the coaching staff who really wanted to focus in solely on the upperclassmen. Uh, they were very, very strict, were strict, uh, that we have a new, there's a new coaching staff in Florida, but the former staff was all about what you did in practice, how long you've been there, and specific things, including blocking. And although Marcus can block, not as good as the blockers, these other guys didn't get to get in there. Uh, Coach Mullen was never a guy who played freshman early, so I didn't didn't expect Marcus to play much early, um, and and he didn't play that much. He did get in some games, so really what we're focused on is what he did in high school. And but I, you can focus in on a little bit of what he did this year, and it was very good when he did get on the field. But I expect Marcus to have a really good year next year under uh, Coach Napier. Uh, Napier is not really known for throwing the ball all over the yard, very much more running the ball, which uh, I think will play well for Bowman, who I'm about to talk about. Uh, but he he is willing to go deep, um, and he was a former quarterback, knows how to use wide receivers was in there on some top wide receivers when he was the wide receiving coach at Alabama. Um, and, and he knows what to look for. And I think he's going to, he's going to love Marcus and uh, we're going to see a lot of good things on Marcus this season. Next, I want to talk about DeMarcus Bowman. Um, I know, like as I said, we had a listener, Sal, who uh, wanted me to talk about DeMarcus, um, a guy who I, Based on the ADP, the four isn't outside of the top 100, although he might be now based on not playing again this year after missing uh, his freshman year at Clemson after playing very minimally and then deciding to transfer. Um, so probably a guy that people have forgotten um, was a top recruit, you know, a blue chip recruit out of Lakeland High School. I've, I've watched almost every single game of his being over here in Tampa and watching Lakeland, who's just been a juggernaut in football for a very long time, um, and is a guy that <clears throat> hopefully you haven't forgot about. And if he is available in your Debbie leagues for some reason or some C2C league, 
uh, you need to go get. But I imagine he is owned in many in almost probably all C2C leagues. But you may be able to go out and trade for him either in C2C or or Debbie leagues. And now would be the time to do so. And uh, this is a kid, 5'10", 200 pounds. Uh, He he has a verified speed of 10, 10, 8, 200 meters, 4, 4, 7, 40, the 4, 3, 1 shuttle, the 36 inch vert, just a straight athlete. Uh, He ran for 5,172 yards in his three seasons with 70 touchdowns, averaging 11.2 yards a carry. If you watched him in in, in high school, and and the tape does not do him justice, when you watch his highlight tapes or you watch any tape that you have at Bowman, it doesn't do him justice as it did live. The kid just was electric. You just gave him the ball, and it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he scored a touchdown. Um, It didn't matter who it was against. And Lakeland plays very tough uh, competition in Florida. They're in the highest level, one of the highest levels. Um, And they, as I said, been a juggernaut for a long time, but there are a lot of other good schools in Florida going on. And uh, DeMarcus was that guy. I will tell you that right now. Um, And he is a guy that should have played last year at Florida, uh, even with having, uh, Damian Pierce, who I was very high on, Naquan Wright, who I liked a lot, Malik Davis, who's very good. Um, but DeMarcus Bowman is just different. He definitely has a different skill set than those guys. Um, and just a guy that as soon as he touches the ball, he could he could break it to, to the end zone. Uh, he's explosive, you know, dynamite in a bottle, as people say. Uh, great initial speed on top of having great top end speed. Um, and he could take it to the house literally on every play. Um, you would have liked to have seen some more receiving in high school. And I think a lot of people, that was their knock on him coming out, but it wasn't needed when you watched them play. Uh, they didn't need it for him to do that. Um, but if you watched uh, Florida's practice film or you watch him on the field, uh, then you've seen he can catch just fine. Uh, he is perfectly fine getting the ball out of the backfield. That is not a concern of mine. Um, and he is picking up the blocking schemes. He will be a just fine pass blocking um, to, to, for him to make the field. Obviously, we don't care about pass blocking um, for Debbie points, but you obviously need him to be able to pass block to be able to stay on the field, which is what we're always looking for, is that guy who can be on the field as much as possible. And Bowman is a three-down back. He's a guy that can sit there. He can pick up the block. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And again, like I said, touch the ball and be gone. Uh Great vision, great footwork, um, phenomenal balance. Guy that just, again, I can't stress enough, just needs the ball in his hands, just needs the opportunity. Um, This year, the Gators, Pierce has gone on and graduated. Look forward to seeing him in the NFL. I know that uh, he was underutilized at Florida and can't wait to see him uh, being used by an NFL team. Malik Davis is also gone as a senior. I think he also can carve out a niche. Um, in Florida, which will leave uh, Lorenzo Lingard, who was a top recruit but has yet to shine, uh, Naquan Wright as a running back, and then Demarcus Bowman as, as your top guys. Florida is obviously going after some people in, in, in recruiting. They had uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> they had Terrence Gibbs, who decommitted, um, and they've gone after some, some other guys instead. Um, but they will be going um, using these guys, and I expect Bowman 
to be a big part next year. If you watched Napier when he was at Louisiana Monroe, he turned out some great backs. Liza Mitchell in the NFL. And he's he put up this year even even more rushing yards with 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 the guys that he had um in uh at Louisiana. So I expect Florida to have a healthy running game um, and you expect De- DeMarcus to be a part of that um, and probably be the lead back between him and Naquan. I am, I am pretty high on Naquan, uh, but I think when you look at it, you're going to see Bowman really separate himself just due to the talent. They're both talented running backs, but Bowman is by far uh, the, the, the bigger and better running back um, who's out there. So I look forward to, to seeing him. He's a guy that, uh, like I said, I think you trade for now because I expect him to have a huge year coming up. Offensive line is getting better, older, um, and will be um, pushing people off the ball, getting better holes, um, and you'll have a better quarterback with Anthony Richardson uh, running that offense. Uh, he's got his running back th- or running threat, uh, which will give Bowman. You know, that Alfred Morris corollary we talked about last week, last week, and I expect DeMarcus uh, to put up some big numbers. So if people are still willing to, to deal Bowman to you now and Debbie and C2C leagues, you might want to go grab him um, because I think he's going to be put in for a good year. And, and I expect him to, to have a very solid NFL career. And uh, the last guy I want to talk about tonight is another guy that, that I had coming in to this year. Ranked higher, like McCaskill, um, and that is Trevion Cooley. I had him as the uh, running back four coming in, uh, 5'11 to 10. And uh, this year at Louisville, uh, he only had 339 yards, but he averaged five yards a carry, had 10 receptions for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Now, this is all before today's game against Air Force in which he put up another 92 yards running on 18 carries, put up another touchdown, looked very good, uh, grabbed two more receptions for 28 yards. Uh, Cooley's is a guy that I think suffered this year from a running quarterback who, instead of opening the running lanes with his running, wanted to run more. Uh, He ran too much um, and didn't allow – his running backs to do what they needed to do. Um, although it seemed like Cooley got better as the season went on. It seemed like in the beginning, they weren't using him very well. Mid season, he, he got more burn, did a really good job. There's a couple of games that shortly after that he wasn't used for some reason. I'm not sure as much again, other than, you know, Malcolm Cunningham, just running the ball more than he should have, or Malik Cunningham, I should say running the ball more than he should have. Um, and, and should have just given the ball off to, to Cooley um, while he was in there. A guy who at 5'11", 210 is running a 4'4", 640, uh, which is just great. You want that size and speed combo. Um, but the, the offense, like I said, with Louisville was just disjointed. And, and why they're making changes there, you know, they're making some staff changes. Um, and I expect uh, Cooley to have a much bigger role next year and a guy who no one uh, currently has that I, I've seen a lot of, at least on Debbie squads, um, C2C leagues, people probably do uh, a little bit more because he was talked about. But 
a guy that people are probably down on right now, uh, other than maybe what they saw today in the bowl game uh, with with another almost 100-yard performance when, when they finally do give him the ball, let him do what they need to do. He has, he has great burst. Um, I've seen some people say that he didn't have burst, a great burst. Um, he also has long field speed, and he likes to get to the outside, which I love. Can bounce it outside when, it, when it's there. Um, phenomenal vision, uh, great cuts and lateral and lateral quickness gets out, gets outside. Um, when he sees it, he goes, um, and he's also not going to go down easy. Uh, this is a kid that will fight for every yard, um, and get you where you need to go. But, um, you know, I'm not a guy who loves the guys who run just in the back of their offensive line or who just try to run people over. Cooley is looking to figure out where the holes are and get there and get gone. Um, and if he needs to bounce it outside, then 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 that's what he will do. He does run a little upright. He needs to lower that pad level a little bit more. He did get a little bit better, it looked like, this freshman year than from his high school years, but he, he does need to get a little bit lower with that. Uh, but I think that that will, that, that that will get better. But if that's his, his knock, then, um, you know, there are a lot of guys who ran upright, Adrian Peterson being one of them, although I'm not saying he coolly is Peterson, but you can still run a little upright and be okay. Um, especially when you're his size and with his speed um, and the burst and the vision um, and the ability with these jump cuts to just get out there and get going once you got it. So Cooley is a guy for me that I think uh, people uh, need to make sure you have if you don't have them already and may be available uh, on certain teams, definitely in Debbie leagues um, based on, you know, the last mocks that I was, I, I've been in and looking at was a, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, people were not looking at at all, um, didn't have rostered. So this year, you know, make sure you start to look at him, put him up in your rankings, make sure that you get him uh, before some other people do, because I expect a, a breakout year from, from him this year, just like I do Bowman. Two guys I expect to put up phenomenal years in their sophomore year, and now you're not going to be able to have them after that. So make sure you go ahead and, and get those guys uh, while, while you have the chance. So, um with that, guys, that's uh, that's what I have for tonight. Uh, without without my partner Matt, uh, I hope you you all enjoyed uh, me all by myself. Um, I did what I could. Uh, just wanted to get something out there for you guys for this week, and uh, it's. Uh, but Matt will be back next week, um, and we'll be focusing in on on a couple of other guys. I know that I will be talking uh, Ashad Clayton and. Jer- <clears throat> Jaden Gerard at a Jesuit here in Tampa um, and, and and one other guy. Um, and I, I have not heard from Matt yet, but we will be, uh, we'll be having another, another six guys for you guys and top of the, the college uh, talk. And we are uh, brought to you by the Debbie marketplace with Shane Hallam and Kane Fassell. Can't wait to um, for you guys to follow them as well. Get them on Twitter uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at ADM Lewis on Twitter. Uh, Matt is at, and I always mess this up, at Debbie Matt. I thought there was an underscore, but there's not at Debbie Matt on Twitter. Um, and if you guys like like our like our pod and, and what we have to say and what's going on, we, we would love for you guys to comment um, and uh, give us a, a rating on, on, on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this on. Uh, because that's that's what helps us get this thing moving forward and and continue on with uh, with what we're doing here. And if you guys have anything, just uh, 
send us a message. You can shoot me a message on Twitter. You can shoot, shoot Matt a message on Twitter or to the site, which is at Campus Visit Pod um, on Twitter, and we'll respond to you guys and engage. Um, love to hear from you guys. I know we've got a bunch of people to talk to talk about based on me putting out there um, for some names that people want to talk about. So looking forward to doing that. We will be in the future, um, and uh, we're going to go from there. But it was good with you guys for tonight, um, and I'm, I'm excited for Matt to get back so that uh, he can help me out and make sure that I, I stay on point because I'm sure I went off several times a day because Matt's the guy that keeps me on point. You guys have a nice day or evening, whatever you're listening to. And uh, we'll see you next week when I am back with my, my partner and ready to go.